Welcome to Fuji Love. This is the show that is all about the Fujifilm X-Series and GFX cameras, but more importantly, it's about the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, whether it's news, interviews, and so much more, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And now, on with the show. talking about some interesting stuff <laughs> um <laughs> it, what what made you uh change uh new, new zealand to uh to sweden uh, i met my then well my what do we say my now wife in, in new zealand she was backpacking um oh, right on and yeah i met her there um in wellington where i where i lived and then she um she stayed there until like a visa ran out and then um yeah and then i moved over here like 3 months later and the rest is history i'm still here and i've got three kids here and that's amazing yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> so how i'm curious how is it adjusting first to the reversal of seasons and oh, I, that wasn't very hard you know like i mean can like Christmas, for example, was summer in New Zealand. It's always been that for me. So I guess that's, but you know, in the movies, you always see white Christmases and there's always, you know, you can buy a can of fake snow, which you can spray on your tree in New Zealand. So I kind of, I don't know, it, it, that hasn't been so, so difficult. And I think, but it's, as I mentioned, it's just the, the darkness around this time of the year, which is the most difficult thing. I, I totally hear you uh, around here. What, what makes it a little bit more tolerable is uh, we, we have Thanksgiving in November and yeah. we still have some remnants of fall clinging to the trees. So it's, it's not as bad. Uh, I, I would say we, yeah. we have a holiday to soften the next holiday. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you need to do. You need to celebrate any occasion you can to get your <laughs> to get your mind off the off the weather. Yeah, and, and, and do, do Sweden do they celebrate Halloween? I don't actually know. now now it's becoming very big. Um, so so yeah, now like because we go out with the kids, so um, there's a couple. There's a guy up the road who's lived in america for 10 years his wife is from america and they go pretty full on and then there's another guy down the road who you know pimps his house right out so and there's lots of kids out trick-or-treating and things That's um, so yeah it's starting to it's starting to take on here very cool i find that after christmas is that that's when that feeling of uh emptiness really takes hold because everyone just takes down their lights. I think, yeah, I think they should take their lights down like end of February, just because yeah. the lights make things so much more festive. Yeah. Right. And everyone's that's, that's actually one thing um, that's very cool about having Christmas in the winter is 
there's that whole cozy factor with all the lights and things like you don't like in New Zealand, it's just, it's just the middle of summer. Right. So it's not, you don't have, I mean, obviously it gets dark at night, but you don't have lights on all the time and all these really cool displays in the shops and that kind of thing. So that's one thing that's really cool. The lights, candles and all that kind of thing, which is, that's a big difference to back home actually. All right. So I'm curious. I, I know we're, 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 we haven't touched photography yet and I apologize, but no, what, what, what is, what do you do in the wintertime in New Zealand? Is there any kind of holiday to, to, to have an excuse to put up lights? <laughs> um jesus what do we do guy forks is that in the winter time i don't even I don't no even that would know. be the fifth that's... of november exactly so no that's not um what do we do i can man i can't remember i haven't lived there in like <laughs> so long i it's um i often forget forget about things that I used to <laughs> no that's all no, good man i don't no i don't think there was anything like new zealand is like such a young country that traditions are kind of uh very rare in that respect yeah um, we just copy the english traditions like i folks <laughs> it's all good man go with what works um <laughs> one of these days i definitely want to visit uh new zealand i mean the as Lord of the Rings has shown, the landscape is a big, and I, for the most part, I would love to see a whole new set of stars in the sky by just changing the hemisphere. Um, yeah, yeah, I, that that I think would be the most fascinating to me. Yeah, definitely. If you're you know if you're into that sort of thing and you know your your stars, and then then I guess you'd notice a difference. I don't. My my wife's into that, so she she notices the cool the different constellations and things. But yeah, I'm not. Um, but yeah, I can imagine that would be pretty fascinating. That and the fact that the toilet, the pay, the water and the toilet swirls the other way. Apparently, <laughs> as the Simpsons have taught us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. I am talking to Thomas Mansell. He is the founder owner of square hood uh camera accessories company that does amazing lens hoods uh soft shutter release thumb grips awesome products thomas it's awesome to have you on the show yeah thanks very much for having me man it's cool to be here yeah uh, so just full disclosure thomas has sent me uh some of the lens hoods for the fujifilm uh, various Fujifilm lenses and right off the bat, the, the, the build quality is light, strong, beautifully crafted. Uh, I, I, I love them. And I, I have to say that you're not getting these back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now yours to keep Mark, you keep them. They I'm glad still- you like them. So what you did with the, the ones that I, uh, got the chance to test is the 35 millimeter uh, 1.4 lens, the the yes. lens hood for that, and the 23 and 35 millimeter uh, for the f2 lenses. Uh, yeah, the lens the the lens hoods for the f2 lenses are outstanding. I can't tell yeah. you how many times that uh, the the Fujifilm 
lens hoods, they just knock off real easy. I, I lose them constantly. And what you have is a amazing interlocking system that just slides into place. So that sucker is not coming off. Uh, yeah, they. that's kind of like, so, you know, I got into this kind of just on accident. And then as I got further into the Fujifilm world and had, I started with an extra hundred F, but when I got into the, into the um, interchangeable lenses, I noticed the same thing on the hoods. Like they weren't like the Fuji cameras are, you know, they're very well thought out in their design and they look fantastic. And the, and, but for me, it was just like, once you get into Fuji, you kind of get a little bit geeky, I think. Um, yeah. You, I, I did anyway. I went down a real rabbit hole of accessories and all this kind of thing. And then I kind of to nitpick at the stuff that was on there on the market. And I, you know, I, one thing that really bothered me about it was that there was a, there was this gap in between the lens and the hood and it didn't kind of connect as one to the, to the lens. So it kind of looked like, it just looked a bit bitsy, a bit half done. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, yeah, thought I would make my own. So and um, see, see who else liked it. Oh my god, they, they are gorgeous, uh, oh, especially for the thirty-five. Uh, that that just has such a seamless connection to the camera that it almost looks like that it's just part of the camera. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Out of place exactly. At all. That's that's exactly my intention. There was, and I'm glad you you picked up on that because that's, I don't know. For one, for me, it was just something that was really important. When you had a, you know, like I had an X Pro Three with, the, and that was my favorite lens. I love that lens. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of like a real personal thing for me to get that because that never left my camera. To get that kind of looking really nice, and fitting nice. Yeah, uh, I, I gotta ask. Uh, for the 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 new thirty three millimeter Fuji lens, is there a lens hood coming out for that? Yeah, that's that's being manufactured at the moment, actually. Um, awesome! I'll be the first so, to buy that. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be coming out hopefully in February. Awesome! So, what goes into developing these uh, lens hoods? Because Again, like that interlocking system for the F2 lenses um, is really ingenious. Like what kind of what kind of testing um, do you do? I can't to I I can't take credit for that, unfortunately. I would love to sit here and say that's me, but um that's like so Fuji have that bayonet mount, which is called on the end of most of their XF lenses, except for oh, the gotcha. 27 millimeter. And that's like a, I mean, it's a universal kind of attachment that you use or most camera manufacturers use it. So you basically have to draw something that can connect into each one. And obviously that each one is different for each lens and so on and so forth. So you can't just unfortunately draw one and then it'll fit on everything. Yeah, but that's it's a very complicated. Uh, the most complicated part of the hood actually is that little plastic thing that connects in because it's you know your tolerance there is very small, um, so it so that it fits right. So I that's the thing that takes the time. Uh, hood, I mean, it's ingenious and, and I love it. And uh, this is the first I'm ever seeing of it. I've been doing photography for for quite some time. Um, oh, wow! Okay. But yeah, it, it's it's awesome. It, uh, so, story for you, I am 
a real stickler for lens hoods and L mount brackets for cameras. Uh, yeah. This is a story that's not going to make me look good. I'm going to come out very stupid at this. <laughs> but I'm photographing a wedding and I had two uh, XT2s at my side. Uh, so this is quite some time ago. And I had them hanging on uh, leather straps. Uh, I had a uh, shoulder harness on, on me. And so I had to change out one of the batteries and I take it off the, the un- unscrew the clasp just so I can uh, carry the camera a little better, pop in the new battery. I did not connect it back to the harness and I put my arm down and I just let go of the camera and I am standing on a sidewalk and that sucker bounced a few times. Um, and and the, the lens hood protected the lens, the L bracket protected the camera. The only thing that broke was that the LCD screen cracked. I'm like, I came off so lucky uh, on this. (laughs) And and my photographer is just watching. She eyes went, wide when when i just let go of the camera <laughs> oh yeah that's not a nice feeling oh my, my stomach dropped but i still finished the wedding that's a that's what counted <laughs> Lucky but, uh, another one. Oh my god uh, no the camera still worked it, it was fine uh, yeah so all my cameras have l brackets all my cameras have uh the always have the lens hood on them and now i'm going to make a transition to uh the the square hood brand because these are really tight really strong and uh yeah i i need to protect myself against myself <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome so i'm curious yeah, i mean that's oh, that's another on. good thing about that's another good thing that they do you know it's lens hoods they if you drop it and they take the they take the brunt of the fall and you, you save your lens as well which is the expensive thing yep Absolutely. Uh, I'm curious, the, the square hoods for, for lenses, is that uh, just an aesthetic uh, thing for, for lenses? Or does the square hood have another function when, uh, w- w- when fighting off sunlight? And- oh. um, to be honest, I like when I first started doing them, I, it was purely for the aesthetic yeah. um, purpose because I, so like I said, I, I started off with the next 100 F and I'd been eyeing up that system for a long time. And I finally, I think it was the X 100 T that was out. And then I started saving up for it. And then by the time I was ready to pull the trigger, the X 100 F had been released. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get that. Um, and I started like just looking for accessories like complete geek just like hours just searching for like the look that i wanted i basically i think it was the q2 the like a q2 that was kind of i just wanted something that looked like that but obviously couldn't afford it yeah um and so yeah and so i i started with that hood and um i think like at the time when i first did it it was just like i just like the look of that thing um it just looks cool and it's compact um but since then i've been asked that question a lot and i you know done a bit of reading and research and 
I mean, there's an argument to be made that the sensor of the camera is square. Um, so that the a square hood is better suited to, you know, to block the light that kind of is gonna um be read by the sensor. But I don't I'm not sure. Yeah, to true. be honest, I haven't done any scientific um tests on it. But if you think about it, I think that you know there's a less surface area with a square. The, the square opening is less of a of a surface area than a round one would be um, right because it closes in depending on there's obviously um different shapes but yeah so it kind of gives you a little bit more protection that way as well what camera brands do you currently make accessories for you mentioned uh, uh i mean obviously fujifilm uh, and you mentioned leica um what other cameras do you uh is there a demand for this kind of uh quality um i make them for fujifilm is is um where i concentrate most of my effort because that's kind of where i started and um yeah and see the need for it but recently i've been um been doing them for leica m yeah, like an M system, um, mm-hmm. and there's a little camera called a Ryko GR three and Ryko GR three X. They're little tiny pocket yeah. pointy shoots. Um, so I've made a couple of lens hoods for those cameras because those are very similar to the X one hundred series, where you have a fixed lens, but um, the lens is kind of it's it's a little bit sensitive in the terms of the fact that if you get dust in it or you knock it or something it's you know then it's it's the whole camera that needs to be replaced if the damage is is bad enough so a, a lens hood or some sort of protection on that is really important um so yeah i've been going down a couple of rabbit holes with the m system is just so extent there's so many different lenses models it's um all the a big learning curve there, but there, yeah. So Ryko, Leica, and Fuji for now. Right on. And what drove you to start this? I, I think we touched on it before, but when, when did you start the business? And uh, like, um, what was that instead incentive to to do it? Yeah, it was. I never intended to to start a business i like i just wanted a like i said previously i was just i i got and i just went down this rabbit hole of accessories i used to shoot canon and for me it was like accessories had never even crossed my mind i didn't even know you could buy camera accessories you know i just used the strap that came with the camera and and used the you know i didn't even use but maybe I use the lens hoods, those plastic round ones that came with the with the Canon system. Um, but then when I got this camera, you, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of um, just started going down a couple of rabbit holes with with the like accessories. And I mean, it, like, and I started looking on Pinterest, and I was looking for this look. Like I said, the Q two, and I couldn't get it anywhere. There were just these Chinese companies that made these kind of products that weren't really thought out that well. Um, in my opinion. And so I, I just, I taught myself how to um, draw and CAD on YouTube tutorials. And I had, cause I had a friend at the time who worked at, in a, he worked with 3d printing. And so yeah. I kind of talked to him and, 
And he said, yeah, I mean, draw something and I can print it out for you. And so I taught myself how to draw in CAD. I drew something. Um, he printed it and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then a, another friend of mine said, you know, maybe you should try and sell those. And I, I kind of laughed it off. But then it, I started an Instagram account um, and it just kind of gained momentum. And then people asked after it. So I got, I started making them. And then it's just kind of um, snowballed from there, I guess. I've just, as I've got further into the Fuji system, I've bought more cameras and lenses and seen a need for more improved lens hoods and products and yeah it's kind of just and then it's evolving into other brands That's as amazing. i gain interest in those systems as well do you where do you see your company developing the next uh the next lens hoods for obviously the x x series cameras we touched on the 33 millimeter do you have any uh thoughts to do the gfx system um yeah i've had like i get that question all the time about the gfx system but my problem is um because like my company like my company is me right i don't yeah it's very very small and i i have to like to design a lens hood you have to have the lens you have to have the camera to test it um so i have to my company has to buy all that stuff all the gear so that's really quite a hindrance for me because it means you know, I'm limited by, I can't just go and oh, I want to design this, this, and this because I actually have to buy it, which at the same time, isn't that bad because I can buy whatever, whatever I want on the company, right? I can go, oh, I need that lens. Yeah. Uh, it's for the company, of course. Um, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of lenses. Um, so it's not really all bad, but that's kind of my limitations. So yeah, I'd love to do one for the GFX system because I'd love to use that system. Um, it's a very cool camera. And in fact, that GFX 50R is the whole reason why I finally decided to start the company was because I wanted to save up to buy one of those. <laughs> that is a fun um, camera. And yeah, they would refresh that R brand. Yeah, no, it's something kind of different. I mean, I love, I shoot medium format film. So um, the whole, that kind of sensor size is pretty exciting. Yeah. Like digital in a compact digital body. So let's rewind the clock a little bit. Uh, but prior to starting the company, uh, were you a professional photographer or were you a hobby photographer? Um, I worked, I worked as a photographer. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't semi-professional. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't reliant on photography. Where did you start? Um, uh, how, how did that spark for photography begin? Um, quite late, actually. I like so I did a building apprenticeship in New Zealand, um, and after that finished, um, I think it was like I think I was about twenty one or twenty two. I decided to travel, and I traveled around um, Indonesia and Malaysia, and then ran out of money. So I went to the UK and that was kind of during that trip was when I was like, I kind of, to, I started to see things like photographically, you know what I mean? I kind of like, yeah. that would look like a nice picture. And I just had like a really, a really bad point and shoot digital camera with, you know, and it was one of those ones where you kind of, you push the shutter and it, it was the picture of the moment had already passed by the time it had recorded. And it was yep. just like, it was bad. 
What yeah, kind so was that? So I got to I got to the, to London and I bought a um an OM an OM two. Um, okay. Olympus OM two and started with that, and then I moved back to New Zealand actually to study photography. Um, yeah, that's so that's how it started. And you said you went into the camera uh, the Canon system, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which uh, which Canon did you end up uh, uh, buying? Um, well, that was when I started studying photography. I was very I just came back from overseas. I was like, um, didn't have a whole lot of cash. I think I had like a thousand dollars that I could spend on a. Actually, I don't even think it was that much on a camera. And so I went into a, like a local electronic store that we had, there and I picked up like in I can't remember what the Nikon was at the time, but. Um, and then I picked up a Canon 550D um, and it just felt nice in the hand. So I, I went with that. And then, you know, you buy lenses and then you don't want to swap. Yep. <laughs> I remember those. You don't things. want to swap brands because you're invested in it. And so then I bought a, um, I think it was a 6D, like a full frame, kind of an yes. entry. I think they called it an entry level full frame. Um, yep. Yeah. And so I had that, which I still own, um, with some nice glass. But it was, and then they went and changed the system, and you couldn't use those glass, those lenses without an adapter. So I kind of got a bit fed up with Canon. <laughs> Plus, it was it was heavy, and that was one thing why I really wanted the Fuji X100 because it was just so small. And you said the X100F was your first Fuji camera, right? Yeah. And and so, so what sold you on the Fuji system aside from the aesthetics and the size? Uh, I think, to be honest, I think it's the um, just the ease of use. Um, you know, with the, the I only shoot JPEG with Fuji because I just I don't work professionally so now, so I don't need to I don't need raw files. But also the the film simulation is just so nice, and you don't like I've got I've got three kids, so I don't have a whole lot of time. I don't want to sit in front of the computer and edit. So these film simulations are just so good and you just connect the camera to an app and they're on your phone just i, I don't know just a really intuitive system and great look easy and the camera looks good it's like it's one of those things where you know a lot of i don't know a lot of people bag like gear and when people post gear shots and things like that but it's a very touchy subject for some people but um i think you know if you have a, a camera that kind of makes you want to go out and photograph, then you're going to be better and you're going to improve. And, and it's, you know, it's each to their own, but I, I really yeah. found that with the Fuji system that, yes, you know, it, it really that, drives you to, to, yeah, to go out. for sure. And there's just something about the X100 system that makes you, makes it so much more portable than other cameras. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it was a really, really nice camera. I, I know eagerly I'm, awaiting the new one. What's that? I'm eagerly awaiting the new X100 to come out. Oh my god! I am I am ready to buy it right now. <laughs> like, the, the, so if anybody listened to the the previous episode, uh, that that was one of the things I was holding out for. Do I make a camera purchase just because it's the end of the year and I I can do a tax write off? Or do I just wait? And, and and I opted to just wait because I, I I am ready for this camera to be announced like yesterday. 
and yeah, I am yeah. ready to to jump on B and H and pre-order <laughs> right now if I could. Yeah, it's crazy because the X one hundred V, like, I mean, they've had supply issues with that for so long. Yeah, like you just couldn't get that camera. I bought it as soon as it was released, and I got it very quickly. But, um, like here in Sweden, anyway, you haven't. You literally up until like a month ago, you could not get it. The shops didn't have it. Now they're everywhere. Yeah. Oh, so it's 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 looking good in your neck of the woods, right here. It's half and half. There are some places that sell it, some places that they're out. Uh, if if you know the right places to look, you could get it pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could, um, like, I think I sold mine for the same as I bought it for new, or maybe like a little bit less, which is crazy for a, a digital camera. Um, because they just, you just couldn't get them. You couldn't buy them new, and people, and they're so popular, you know, they're completely hyped. So people just wanted them. <laughs> Yeah, it was the first time I, a Fujifilm photographer got to feel like a Leica photographer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and like that just snowballed to to further down the line. Like the X100F was selling for more. Um, the the, the and, and so forth. The X100 yeah. actually selling. Uh, the the very first one is selling pretty well in the in the used market. And let's not even touch on the, the, what is it? The X70. Yeah. That's a cool little camera. That's an awesome little camera that has only just gone up in price. Yeah. And and I would love to own that camera, but I am not paying those prices for it. No, it's hard to justify those prices. It's at the moment. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, And so now, uh, you you said you're not uh professional professionally shooting you're, you're photographing just mostly kids what else do you uh photograph when, when you have the time um what do i photograph here um anything really um <laughs> anything that i find interesting but I, I kind of mostly my kids now just because that's what I kind of spend most of my time on. Um, yeah. But um, I don't know. I go, yeah, just like maybe landscapes, cityscapes, just kind of anything that and you catches my eye. Beautiful selections for both. Sweden is gorgeous. I would absolutely love to visit yeah. one day. Yeah, Sweden. Sweden is. I mean, the, the light here is... Um, is really really nice like in new zealand you know that you have the golden hour but here in the summertime um the light is just really beautiful from like kind of six o'clock in the evening right until depending on where you are in the country but 10 9 10 o'clock at night it's just a really really beautiful hue so there's a lot um there's a lot of time to photograph in those in the summertime. And even here now it's starting to, I mean, we've had the longest day. So the, the lights, it's just really beautiful at the moment because it's got this blue, the sky kind of has this blue um, hue, bluey, bluey pink kind of, it's just a really beautiful light that you just don't get in New Zealand. So that kind of is a very, that's very inspirational to get out and photograph. Nice. In, in minus 17 weather. <laughs> I mean, if you have the, 
if you have the jacket for it, then by all means go outside. Yeah. Uh, I actually ended up buying one of those heated jackets. Uh, just oh, really? Yeah. I, I think I saw a van lifer uh, advertise it on his uh, YouTube channel. And I'm like, eh, I think I'll get that. <laughs> um, I bought it for my wife first uh, for Christmas. Yeah, that, that old classic. Yeah, because I thought she would need it more. And yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. Because she's always complaining about the the cold weather and everything, and I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, here she still has not. Yeah, I'll buy you a jacket in my size. No, 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 it wasn't my size. That's the problem. <laughs> um, I, I should have had forward thinking, but no, I bought it in her size, and and, uh, and it's still yet to come out of the package. I'm like, ah, damn it! So my <laughs> daughter's going to take it, um, but. I have since ordered one for myself and I have to wait till the middle of January before it comes. But, yeah, uh, I actually, I have to admit, I have a a bit of a problem I've discovered since I moved to Sweden with jackets. Um, I can remember now and like looking back at it, it was kind of, you know, the writing was on the wall, but at my grandma's house, she, she had like these two closets filled with these jet with jackets and I always wondered, like, I mean, who are they? Whose jackets are these, Grandma? You've literally got like fifty jackets, and then you know you don't really think much as a kid about it. And then, like, I got older, and and Dad had the same thing. You know, he had loads of jackets, and now I've inherited that. <laughs> um, and I have way too many jackets, but it's justified in Sweden. That's that's one of the positives about living in the cold climate. You can buy jackets. Yep, heated jackets, sheepskin jackets. Casual jackets. <laughs> Any jackets, man. You Any need jackets jacket. for summer. You need at least four jackets for each season. So amazing. And have have you um visited New Zealand since moving to Sweden? Yeah. Um yeah, I used to go back every second year for Christmas. Yep. Um, because it's just perfect time to get away from Sweden. Yes. Summer in New Zealand. Um, it just works really well. But uh, since having kids, that's become quite a lot more complicated and expensive. Yeah. And um, also COVID, New Zealand locked down during COVID, and you literally couldn't get there if you wanted to for like, I don't know, it was almost two years, I think. Like just completely, like not even New Zealand citizens could get in. Um they had this real crazy lottery system where you had to um you had to give them you know you had to sign up your name and they would kind of pull you out like do a lottery on you if you had a because pl- they had a whole lot of um these quarantine hotels and they had limited spots mm-hmm. so even if you it was like i don't know i think it was like fifty thousand people you got you kind of went into this raffle with to see if you could get a room in one of these places to come back and it was two weeks in one of these like little, just a crappy little um, airport hotel. And for me, it just wasn't really justified to spend that much money and then have to sit in one of these hotels. I mean, the kids would just go crazy. So it wasn't something that but we went that we did, but we went back last Christmas, so a year ago, with um, with two kids before my third one was born, um, which was quite an experience. How did they enjoy 24. it? This is the first. They, uh, they loved it. They loved summer it. Christmas. They were, <laughs> yeah, they're probably a bit young to kind of 
grasp that but they like the whole experience you know the flight sitting down watching a movie and people coming around and giving you like your food and you didn't like it was just heaven for my um my daughter who was three and a half at the time because she she could just sit there and watch Paw Patrol and get chips and it was just <laughs> she loved it that's awesome um and seeing Santa Claus in shorts, that was a good experience too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's um another another interesting here in Sweden they do anyway in my wife's family, so someone will dress up as as Father Christmas. Um and he'll kind of like linger outside and and some and someone will point out hey look there's father christmas and all the kids will you know get excited and he like you know he'll, this person will dress up he or she will dress up pretty well it's hard to recognize them and they'll come in and and put on a show and hand out a couple of presents and then they'll be on their way um and that's like quite traditional here in sweden i think uh but we don't do that in new zealand so my wife had to play father christmas in new zealand <laughs> that's cool no so I, I gotta ask, Father Christmas, that's different from Santa Claus, right? No, it's the same thing, but it's that's what we call that's what we call them in New Zealand, Father Christmas. Gotcha. Because I know there was it, like the English one has a like a green Santa Claus rather than the traditional red one, right? Uh not sure about that actually. In New Zealand he's red. Red clothes. Gotcha. Cool. Um I, I, if anybody knows the the difference between the green one and the red one, definitely write in fujilovefeedback@gmail.com <laughs> because I could have sworn they were two dis- distinctly different people. <laughs> you might be mixing it up with St. Patrick's Day. Oh, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Possibly, that's all I can think of. St. Patrick's Day here in New England is a pretty serious deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah you guys go crazy. We we definitely go crazy. We will go to the bar, play dropkick Murphys until uh, we literally get dropkicked and, and and drink till we can't feel feelings anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we may have added to the tradition, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that, that that's awesome. And um, with uh, with your company. Uh, do you see any kind of uh, other expansions that you would love to see improved with uh, camera accessories? Uh, to be honest, I I don't know. I think it's limitations with camera accessories. Like I'm, uh, one thing I'd really like to do is just provide a lens hood for all the XF prime lenses. Yeah. Um. That's something I'd really like to to get done, so that those are all kind of catered for. Because I'm I'm getting, I always get loads of questions about the wider, like the eighteen, the new eighteen millimeter, uh, and the sixteen, and um. So I'd really like to get to get the whole catalog of those of those done. But Fuji keeps releasing new lenses, so it, it takes time. And you know, like I mentioned before, it's only me here, so it takes a while to produce these products. Sometimes it can good. be very frustrating. <laughs> I can imagine uh, the, the testing uh, of the new uh, products and, and the trial and error and research that goes into it. It can't be an easy 
uh, easy task. But mm-hmm. with them releasing always, uh, always releasing new lenses, you're always going to have work. So that can't yeah, be- exactly. <laughs> People are just going to have to buy more. <laughs> not yeah, a, yeah, bad problem to have. No, uh, exactly. Right on. So Thomas, it was awesome having you on the show. Um, why don't you tell the world where they can find you on the web? Or where are um, on the world on the web? Um, they can find my company at squarehood.se. Awesome. And I highly and recommend everybody checking it out because it is some top-notch lens hoods. I love mine. I'll probably share pictures of uh, my square hoods on my Instagram account. Um and everything can be found in the notes, but keep going. Where, where else, where can they find some more of your work? Um, well, I have a personal Instagram account, which I'm not hundred percent sure what it is. Let me look it up real quick. It's all good. Um, it is, uh, Tom L Mansell. So on Instagram at Tom L Mansell. And then there's the Squarehood company, which is square at Squarehood. Awesome. Very cool, man. We'll have that yeah. back on the show. If you ever release anything, uh, uh, any new products or anything like that, definitely give us a, a look up. Cause we would be more than happy to m- promote it a- again. The products are phenomenal. The moment that 33 comes onto the market, I am the first one to buy it. Uh, so, <laughs> awesome. so please keep me posted on that one because, uh, I, I, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah cool thanks for the support mark and thanks a lot for having me it was really cool to, to chat thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the show and i hope to see you back next week i wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by fuji love magazine for the latest and greatest in all things fujifilm x series and gfx head on over to fujilove.com subscribe today And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Mostly Instagram, though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, XMark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show, where it's more spice of life and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice, that's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. (laughs) 